What's going on, everybody, and welcome to Table Talk, brought to you by Pop Culture Fanatics, a podcast where we talk about everything that happens in the world of pop culture. I'm your host, Val Cisco, and of course, with me, as always, from Anxiety and I podcast, Mr. Jake. How you doing, sir? <laughs> oh, shit. This shot hit me hard. Um, ooh, I am doing well, obviously. I do declare... I do declare a murder, you say. <laughs> um, and I got to say, guys, um, we, we do have fun and games where we talk about things that we do like to make live a lot of situations. Um, this situation today, we're going to get a little serious, but we'll try to interject some fun and play into it. But we're going to be talking about COVID-19 and just how we as a country, we as a world have have responded to this reacted to this and how government officials or the people themselves from different various nations and countries have reacted to all this um, craziness that's been going on so i figured it'd be a great open forum to talk about especially with you being an activist i was gonna say former activist but you you really go out there any chance you get as well too to protest and with everything going on these days i think this would be very interesting to get your thoughts and opinions on the recent protests that have been happening across the nation oh absolutely um honestly i I really appreciate you um having on having me on here for this topic and um kind of just want to like interject and and really kind of make people aware of like how serious you are on the issue um when i saw uh, one of the posts that you had shared i mean it really took me by surprise because if anybody really knows val he really doesn't dive too much into politics you know he um, always keeps it friendly always keeps it fun you know always keeps it very open but um, if he does share something very political or you know really trying to make a statement uh, you know it's serious you know he's very serious about it so when I saw that I was like whoa and then when you brought up when you reached out to me about the podcast I was like oh the fire is lit (laughs) the fire is lit so that you know that just really means that something really really rubbed you wrong or you know um because there's a lot going on there's been a lot of things on my mind when it comes to this virus um COVID-19 coronavirus however you want to call it these days Mm -hmm. and um an interesting article I read the other day, and it it said that COVID-19 has broken down the American society mentally rather than physically. And I 100,000% agree with that with this day and age and how we're living um, day to day with this virus everywhere around us. Uh, I got to ask you, though, so knowing that we have been doing uh, social distancing and self-isolation and things of that nature, can you tell me how have you reacted to COVID-19 since its inception from, you know, late February, knowing about it from January, but from, I want to say late February till now, how have you been reacting to it? Um, well, at the beginning, uh, I I will say that I kind of relaxed on the whole situation um, a bunch. Um, At the beginning, I was a little hectic about it only because, I kept, it just kept hitting me, you know, um, when, you know, just from hearing the news, seeing the news, reading the news, actually going out and seeing things and you're all like, oh my God, like this is, this is real, like this is actually happening. You know, the whole thought of it is very surreal. So um, I wouldn't be lying if I said I've gone a little mad um, by, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm an introvert. 
you know, I'm a big introvert. All I do is game. I'm a huge gamer. But even even in this situation, I'm very I'm getting very tired of seeing the inside of my room. I'm pretty sure my bed has um, a, a complete impression of me. Uh, and I'm even getting tired of my own smell. <laughs> I do bathe, but when you're just in your scent for too long, you're just like, ah. you know, but anyway, um, I've, I'm learning a lot from the situation about everyone else. I guess I'm, I'm really looking out at the world, really taking notes, really observing, you know, even my own friends, you know, how are you handling a situation like this? You know, go ahead. No, yeah, um, I, I a thousand percent agree with you. I think this virus, this disease that's out there, is very reactional. Just, it's very interesting to see the world react and how people are reacting these days. How government officials are reacting. How just plain old Jim and Jan out there reacting as well too. And it's just very interesting. Me myself, you know, I, I could be an omnivert. I could be very introverted. I could be very extroverted, depending on the situation. And um, personally, me. Um, self-quarantining hasn't really bothered me that much. You know, I've enjoyed, I'm a person, I'm a Scorpio. I enjoy my, my, my space. I, I, I am very docile like that sometimes, but I do miss people every once in a while. I do have a girlfriend, I do have kids and I do like to spend time with them as much as I can with friends as well too. Uh, you know, her <laughs> kids as well too. I say they're mine as well. I think we're taking that step now. <laughs> um, and I will say, like, at the beginning of the process, I didn't take this as serious as, as, as I am taking it now. Um, I looked at this as, you know, a lot of hoopla. A lot of hoopla. I was like, hey, you know, it's, it's another disease like SARS or West Nile or, or Ebola where, you know, the mainstream media is trying to push their agenda to scare the public and – um, I'm not going to be reactional to it because every other year I was very reactional to it and nothing really happened mm. um, f- from a person that, you know, was born and bred in the Bronx, New York, and a person that's seen, you know, terrorism right there at their doorsteps with, you know, 9-11 and then the aftermath that came with 9-11 with um, anthrax and envelopes and things of that nature and mm. all those scares and bomb threats. I felt that I was a person that had really thick skin with things. And I was treating it like that. Like, this is a thick skin thing. Don't be scared about this. Keep on going forward. And as time progressed, I, I looked at the severity and I looked at the numbers and I looked at um, the cases and people actually dying from the disease. And however you want to put it, however you want to think about it, like if it's serious to you or not, it's a global pandemic and it's affected millions of families out there. So, yeah, I take it pretty damn serious now. But again, I, I I wouldn't necessarily blame you. Um, I guess we all kind of understood that there was a danger. Um, but again, you know, coming from, and I do remember, uh, I was trying to remember, I think it was bird flu uh, when I was either in middle school or high school. And I remember my mom going crazy about that one. I remember walking into the living room one day and she's like, you know, gas mask, um, you know, and stuff like not just, not just, um, uh, like face masks, but like actual gas masks and stuff when bird flu was, you know, the talk of the town had been. Um, but this this one really, really, really hit different. But I think there's a whole different reason for that as well. You know, and uh, I don't know if we're ready to get into that now, but I mean, I think the reason why it's opened up our eyes because, you know, we had to. Um, and um, it's incompetence, 
honestly. It is. It is. It, it, incompetence is a perfect word when it comes to the reaction of this virus. Um, let's talk about just the human reaction first. We could definitely get into politics in a few, but let's just talk about the human aspect and how mm. people really just went from zero to 100 very quickly at the end of February. I mean, beginning of February, you heard the rumblings and just like a me or you, other people out there were like, we're in it, but not too much in it. We're just waiting to see exactly what was happening, how it was going to happen. But it was just that late February that things just snapped like that. And then out of nowhere, you had people going to fucking Sam's Club or Costco buying like 80 sheets of toilet paper. Mm -hmm. Um, What happened? What was that trigger right there that had people flip out that way? Um, Yeah, and it's funny because um, when you really think about it, I think we were all just kind of making light of the situation. I know people have a lot of say to this one, but like I still enjoy the memes to this day. You know, that's just how we cope with things now. I mean, is it always appropriate? And again, you know, this is 2021. I think the majority of people just pretty much opened up about dark humor, Mm -hmm. Um, dark and dry humor. And, you know, people were pretty much accepted of it (laughs) to a certain degree at a certain point. Um, But I I think that reality hit once it came to the grocery stores and then when everyone started getting sent home. Um, Now the grocery stores, that was, that was not, I gonna, you know, that, that wasn't COVID. That was people, that was people doing that. Uh, You know, I want to say probably started with those people who think that the government's going to like take over, you know, the land. And so they start stockpiling on shit. And in this case, it just happened to be toilet paper (laughs) or, you know, maybe there was, um, older generations or, you know, people who went through a different kind of timeline or grew up with some, you know, in some point in time where toilet paper was always seen as a valuable. And so, you know, maybe those are the people who started, I don't know. But I think once people started seeing the empty shelves, that kind of just struck everyone it was like, whoa. So then what that started happening is, you know, when Karen seen Bob buy, you know, dozens of packages of uh, toilet paper, then, you know, she's got to go get some because it's like, oh, man, there's not going to be any left. And she starts texting everybody and Snapchatting. And then other people are seeing that. And then it just became this whole snowball trickle down effect where everyone's just seeing this happen. Um, but like right now, where I think the madness has come from, it's like <sighs> misinformation. <laughs> misinformation but like especially here in america like it just goes to show how spoiled we are like literally like they're like people are taking freedom freedom to the literal meaning and so you know asking people to stay inside it's just it's it's really making people go mad and you know this is a situation that we're going in here i think as it prolonged the reality became uh, more uh what's the word i want to use no, but- yeah, you know, it, it became more of a reality. It's like, wow, this is real and this is it. And so the jokes were no longer as funny. And so, you know, it just turns into frustration from there. I, I definitely see the frustration. And I, um, I do I too. Just, I, I remember just, you know, just like you just making fun of the memes and toilet paper and stuff like that. And it, it, 
it really just caught me by surprise, honestly, because when you look at any kind of crisis that happens, you look at, you know, Ebola. I remember when Ebola was, you know, such a huge prolific thing that happened for like those two months or three months that it, that was around. Um, mm-hmm. Water was off the shelves. Water, bottled water, purified water. That was the biggest thing. And that's something that I can definitely understand when there's a catastrophic emergency. You know, I've been in areas where there's hurricanes, where there's flash floods and things of that nature. You're mm-hmm. from, you know, Texas as well, too. So I'm pretty sure if you've dealt with your own sort of emergency back down mm-hmm. there as well too so in these catastrophic times you look at the main essentials you wouldn't think toilet paper was one of them and i think that's where a lot of the nonsensical humor came it was more so we're just gonna have fun with this we're gonna make spongebob memes we're gonna kind I of thought treat it was, this I didn't think it was real i like because I, I hadn't gone to a store for a while so i didn't actually know that there was toilet paper flying off the shelves again i thought people were just making jokes i thought somebody posted one video on it and then like everyone just started making a joke out of that one video i then i didn't know it was a real thing until i went to the store and was like holy shit like they're being serious <laughs> so Jokes aside with the toilet paper, when was it that we saw full-on prejudice when it came to the Asian community or even Asian-American community? Right away. You think that's what it was? I I really felt like there was a shift. It was like more so like TP at first, and I get it. But I remember this one meme that came out, and it was probably from a movie or probably from a show, but it was that meme. And it's pretty funny. I get it. It's where the guy is coughing, and he spits on – he spits uh, on the uh, on the street where like it's raining, oh, there's water, and like, everybody's like getting away from him, and people are trying to get away because he's coughing so much and sneezing. And out of nowhere, a car comes by and just douses them all with what he spit on. It's pretty funny, but it definitely sends a general message of some kind of because prejudice. that person had to be Asian. Exactly, Next person could have been anyone else, and it would have been, you know, but. Because it was Asian. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I mean, no, 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 no. You're fine. And I think that was one of the stars right there of that, like, anti-Asian, like, revolt no. right there. That you don't think so? No, I think it was. I think it was right away because when do you remember when the COVID talks were like before it was even called COVID? Remember, it was like. It, it was like more of like an underground story, where, you know, because I think other things were happening and then there were like a few memes and few other posts here and there that were like, yeah, y'all worried about this, but nobody's talking about the um, epidemic that's happening in um, in China right now. And I think this is at the time that they were also advertising Resident Evil 3 too. So people were kind of correlating to that. And I think that's, I think that's one of the main reasons. I know it sounds crazy, but I think that's one of the main reasons why anyone was getting, you know, talk. I think gamers will you know, take credit for that, should take credit for that, because, again, they were just making that reference, but then, you know, it started becoming this whole huge real thing, but I think as the media started reporting on it, and people were really starting to bring it to attention as it was growing in China, again, those fears were already, were already being instilled into people here, and, you know, because of the current political climate, a lot of people are very open and very blatant about the racism, so I, I believe it started getting I think the, the, the anti-Asian sentiment really started getting big as soon as, you know, media started reporting on it because people were already starting to blame, you know, China and the Chinese, even the people here, you know, um, stopped going to Chinese restaurants, you know, stopped buying anything related to any kind of Asian um, culture because it was like, oh, well, you might have a, you might have this Chinese virus that's going around over there. It started early. But, but tell me this. So, we, we have seen different 
epidemics and pandemics come out and we're from what i remember maybe vaguely there was some bits of racism here and there but i i've never seen such a take on finding or pinpointing an enemy that was china and when it came to a disease you look at things like ebola and looking at south africa in some cases and whatnot when you're looking at west Nile virus when you're looking at you know anthrax in the middle east and things of that nature when it came after 9-11 but it really wasn't like prolific as it is right now where we looked at one central enemy and we're looking at a demographic of people and blaming them entirely for what's causing this and i find i can tell you one i can the 80s aids people called it the gay virus and people will still call it the gay virus to this day people blame homosexuals for hiv to this day yeah yeah you're right you're a thousand percent right um so do you see like okay looking at that right there do you see a mirror effect of what's going on from that to this absolutely yeah and uh, again, it, it, it's it's everybody from the outside looking in, and it's always the same group of people. And I guarantee you, it's the same group of people that are really pushing that, you know. Um, but I I personally don't have HIV or AIDS, but you know, I do my part in trying to learn and try to be educated on it from it. You know, hear people's stories. Uh, several of my friends are HIV positive, and you know, it's 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 been an honor to hear their story. You know what I mean? Um, one thing I always say is the most valuable thing that one of the most valuable things that a person has is their story. And for someone to share their story with you, uh, that is a great honor and that is a huge sign of respect, you know, because when someone's sharing their story, they're opening up some of their most vulnerable ability um, to that person. So, you know, being able to hear the stories of people with HIV and now in this time, you know, I can only imagine some of the stories that out that I would hear from, you know, back in the eighties where people were dying left and right because it was just, just like it is now with, with Corona. It was such, it was new. It was, nobody knew what it was. They kind of have an idea now, but like back then it was like, what is this? Um, and the way that people were dying left and right, you know, people watching their friends die, people watching their families die. It's, it's, why do you why do you feel that we need well not we when i say we i look as a country right there and i hate doing that but why do you feel that america the united states of america has to put like a villainous enemy toward this virus why do you feel like they whether it's the government mainstream media the people itself have to definitely put uh the joker card as China as the main enemy when it comes to this virus? Why isn't it something that, you know, this is an epidemic that we're all dealing with. This is something that we should all band together. Why do you see like so much prejudice and that it's labeled like even our own president called it the Chinese virus at one point because it came from China. China. So China. it's like, why do you feel like we have to put that as the main enemy, like the Sephiroth of, of, of the mall right now? <laughs> Frank, I honestly wish I had that answer. Um, I think a lot of people are searching for that answer um, because, you know, when you really put it, uh, you know, not just with sicknesses or viruses. I mean, you know, I think America has always tried to put blame on a certain group of people or a certain, you know, certain race of people um, for things. And I, 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 right now at this moment, uh, if I had to have an answer, I would just say a- American arrogance. 
you know, we put ourselves, again, I hate to say we, but I think, you know, America itself has put itself on this pedestal where it can't be touched and it shouldn't be touched. And, you know, almost kind of like a, a invulnerability. Is that the word I want to use? Um, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. Well, I definitely feel yeah. like, you know, the American dream or the, the act, if you will, is that we're untouchable and that we're the leading nation when it comes to everything, financially, medically, all that good stuff, right, that we want to believe. Mm-hmm. So when you put a dent in, in, in us, in, in the American dream itself, it scares a lot of people because it, it faces them with their own mortality. It faces them with their own mm-hmm. insecurities in life that we don't have the best health care in the world. We are not prepared for mass pandemics we're not prepared for outbreaks and when you accept that and when you have that in your mindset it leaves doubt and doubt raises fear and frustration and when that happens there's the blame there's the finger and it, it just drives me crazy with with the the intolerance that's out there right now definitely there mm-hmm. should be some tolerance when it comes to this but the intolerance out there it drives me just absolutely fucking nuts there's no way that we should treat any person out there whether you're asian american whether you're indian whether you're african-american mexican puerto rican what have you that you should blame that specific person or race or nationality on something that they don't have anything to deal with whatsoever and my heart goes out to out out there to like anybody who is asian american who is came out here just for family just to see how they're doing you know any kind of immigrant whatsoever that's living here with a visa you know it's my heart goes out to them because they can't freaking go out their house without somebody ridiculing them and honestly this is not a race car thing but you don't see anybody from the latin community you don't see anybody from you know caribbean west indian african community you don't see anybody whatsoever blaming them besides full-fledged you know Albino Americans. <laughs> <laughs> um, for the most part, yes, because you know that's what we always see. But um, as, as as someone from Latin descent, you know, I I've known. I'm sorry, but like Hispanics are pretty racist. <laughs> we can get judged, um, yes. So, yeah, um, I uh, I've seen several people, and I've called them out on their shit. And you've seen some of the posts that I've put mm-hmm. that. You know, the moment that I would have seen anybody that I know, or even some rando Facebook person that I just happen to have on my Facebook, I saw anybody posting um, any derogatory remarks towards either Asian Americans or anyone you know Asian descent um, or Asian culture. Uh, it would immediately attack them on that shit put me in Facebook yeah I don't care like that's just that's unnecessary it's uncalled for it's disrespectful and I don't I don't have any other words for that besides that um but kind of wanted to piggyback off something that you were you know kind of saying earlier um in regards to you know because we were talking about American arrogance um I think that's something that we've always refused to do um that I think is slowly starting to take place now is us American leadership and people just Americans taking ownership of our faults and things that we have done. And, you know, the reason why this went wrong is because, you know, we should have acted on this. We should have done this. I think more people, and again, it's coming from, you know, younger generations is taking ownership for the fact that, you know, well, we fucked up. (laughs) So now how do we fix it? You know what I mean? Um, It's, it's in drips here and there, you know, but, but I think soon, um, 
I think once we start realizing that, teaching that, and recognizing that, um, until then, we won't be better people. No, you make valid, valid, valid arguments there. I think you hit the nail right on the coffin because you look at America as a whole, and you, well, United States of America, and you look at the debauchery that's happened throughout the country's legacy and there's no accountability whatsoever if anybody tries mm-hmm. to take any accountability they're called a snowflake or they're called an apologist or they're called Communist. you know communists or things of that nature socialists and things of that nature okay. and i find that fucking repulsive like if you have someone mm-hmm. that that speaks out and acknowledges yes from like Day one that America's been here, we have, you know, eradicated races like the Native Americans that have been around the soil. We have put people to slave work like Hispanics and blacks. You know, we uh, even Asians as well, too, on um, the railroads. Japanese. You know, you know we, we have denounced um, all races, whether it's Irish Americans that came out here and Italians and Sicilians mm-hmm. and whatnot. And there has been no point in time where any elected fitch- official has just said, you know what? We're sorry. We accept that we made these ex- these mistakes, and we want to move forward as as a union. At, you know, being together in a way. There's no elected official that has literally come out there and says we need to work together to to build a bridge um, from what the past was. You know how bad it is. You know how bad it is. I didn't mean to cut you off, but there's something like really important. I gotta say two things. I want to interject with. Um, I was for for like a brief moment, um, and I'm totally gonna be paraphrasing, and I totally apologize and if somebody wants to correct me on, on the things I say, please do. But I was uh, on a little stint where I just, you know, uh, I was so infatuated and wanted to learn and hear, you know, uh, some of my friends' story that are, you know, Native American, because in Texas, we don't really have a lot of Native Americans, um, but over here in Arizona, it's, it's very rich and I love it, you know, so um, I get to experience this, you know, see very traditional um, ways of living, um, you know, all this, all this good stuff. And somebody was explaining to me and how they have like a like a charting system that 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 Native Americans are given a, a kind of like a number um, of, of how pure blood and this is tracked by the American government how pure blood of Native American you know Native American blood they are mm-hmm. um, because you know they get uh, I think it has to do with you know uh, money and, and you know um, what's that what's that word called. Mm-hmm. Income again. I'm, I'm, <laughs> Finance. I'm paraphrasing. Okay. No. Um, uh, Reprimands. Uh, okay. Is that the word I want to use? Repressions. No. But anyway. Yeah, gotcha. But and and basically, you know, as, as they were telling me, so I was like, so they basically track you and your blood up until the point where you have so very little native blood because you know there's a lot of interracial mixing, you know, um, marriages and, and 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 stuff like that. Um, they track it up until there's like a point of um, almost no native blood that, you know, that you're no longer quote unquote a burden, you know, to the American government. Yeah. That's, that's ridiculous right there. That's you're, you're, yeah. you're taking so much of one's history, oneself, one's identity. And you know what, you know, Puerto Rican culture, honestly, is the same way. You know, you look at Puerto Rican culture, not to go on a tangent myself either, but you know, the Island Puerto Rico has been raped and pillaged. You know, the original ancestors were all throughout the Caribbean, whether it's Puerto Rico or Haiti, Dominican Republic, however you want to call it on that side right there. Um, even Jamaica, you know, they were all Taino Indians and they were very peaceful, peaceful natives you know they 
barely even used, you know, um, steel as weapons. They use wooden swords to chase away enemies and stuff like that. And how much of the Taino that's broken off from actual Puerto Ricans is just so phenomenally horrible. I mean, when you look at Puerto Ricans right now, yes, you look at Puerto Ricans that speak, you know, Spanish from Spain. And, you know, their dialects are vastly different from any other person out there in the Caribbean. You look at Puerto Rican culture itself, and they borrow from so many different um, heritages, whether it's from African, from the music, or, you know, from the food, from plantains, you know. You're looking at the crossbreeds from Christopher Columbus bringing you know Italians and Spanish and Africans crossbreeding all over the place Irish as well too Puerto Rico to be actual Puerto Rican just means that you're a mutt these days and and I say that with, with the most respect in the world because I'm very proud of my culture and I'm very proud of being you know a Puerto Rican American but the same token though it's just so broken up just like Native Americans out here in America it's just ridiculous but to kind of get back on where we're looking at let's take a look at COVID-19 in general coronavirus itself and why it's such a a sneaky virus man you know yes people are going to say it's very much like a flu symptom but it's on a different level man you know it affects people in different ways you know from moderate Mm -hmm. to you know the most uh, mild symptoms you know the common symptoms fever you know tiredness dry cough and right then and there you probably just feel like you had a bad day at work you know there's been plenty of times (laughs) last year where i just came home from work after a 10-hour day and you know what i'm feeling kind of hot i'm feeling kind of tired my throat's parched you know so you could definitely, you know, just have this without even knowing, you know, other symptoms, aches and pains, congestion, runny nose, sore throat, diarrhea, you know, this is very much a respiratory disease. So a person like me that has asthmatic symptoms, you know, we can mistakenly look at this as asthma. We can go through an inhaler or nebulizer within a whole day, just medicine or two days or three days and just think that we're just having bad symptoms or we're just having a bad attack. But you know, it's far more severe than what that is. And you don't actually develop symptoms until like four to five to 14 fucking days. So mm-hmm. when people look at this, you know, I don't think enough people do, uh, do enough research on the drug itself. And for people out here that we're living in, we're getting close to May, we're in mid-April, and people are still calling this a hoax. People are still calling this a fake virus. People are still calling this not a serious pandemic. What do you say toward that? When you look at the symptoms, when you look at the research, and you have people just still not giving a fuck about this, how does that make you feel? Um, the anger and the darkness that I feel looking out, it's, it's indescribable because it's gotten to the point where I'm no longer speaking respectfully in regards to this, you know, uh, one of my favorite quotes from the most random movie is The Mist with, um, uh, I forgot his name, but uh, there was a scene where he says, there's some people you just can't convince that their hair is on fire. And I've always loved that because it's just mm-hmm. such a simple statement, but we all know how true that is. And like, I'm definitely applying this to this. These people it's so crazy because you have on one side people who are still calling this a hoax, people who are, are you know, failing to believe that it probably still believe that this is just a regular flu. And then you have another group of people that are calling it a 5G mm-hmm. conspiracy theory. 
and it's like you got all this stuff just being slung around the internet it's hard to try to just catch all that throw it away and draw the correct picture for these people because by this point they're just the, the, the there's a double-edged sword to the internet and it sucks so bad um but also it doesn't help when you have very specific group of people constantly attacking the media too and yes we all know that the media really hypes things up you know even local media like the the little i i I talked about it, the little Corona montage that they have at the beginning. It's like News 5 tracking the Corona updates for you and has like different montages of them discussing, you know, it's like, bro, it's, it's, they were well, doing that like two let's, weeks in. Let's talk about it's that like, here. We, we talked about the repo. We could talk about more reactions later on. But let's talk about now just the influences that um, have been going on. Whoever's influencing people, whoever's influencing office media things of that nature how has the influence of coronavirus disrupted just human nature these days you're looking at mainstream media and how they're covering you know the virus you're looking at elected officials and how they're covering the virus and you're looking at you know just all walks of life thinking that they're the next fucking you know um bill gates doing researching uh, on google trying to figure out what corona is and how to avoid it how do you feel that the influence has been web exactly how do you think the influence has been since since the virus has been around um i i i honestly cannot really it's it's hard to fathom the what if because we're under the leadership that we have now um and i guarantee you almost a hundred percent i'm gonna step back and say like probably 80 that it wouldn't be as bad as we didn't have the leadership because that's where a lot of the influence comes from. A lot of the stuff that we're dealing with right now where people just refuse to believe. There's always going to be those people, always going to be those people that are going to refuse to believe. There's always going to be those people that are going to leave it up to God, you know, no matter what, whether it's real or not, it's going to be up to God to do the whatever he's going to do, right? But because we have someone and the power that they have constantly retweeting things constantly saying this and saying that it's feeding the base because especially because we're in an election year and i think that we also i think that's also part of it like that's part of what's causing the reaction and that's where a lot of these people come up with the idea that it's fake because it's an election year and this is a huge huge um this is a huge test for this president and people think that the media is using it to bash. It's like, no, they're pointing out facts that everything that we could have done. And I think that's where that war comes in because, you know, the, yes, the media has a lot of influence, but I think it's almost gotten to the point where it's necessary. It's like, how many graphs, how many charts, how many numbers do we have to show you for you to realize that this is not a fake thing, that this is what we must do so it's, I think, the biggest part of that influence. Okay, so let's start at the top right here. I'm going to take any personal feeling I have toward how I feel about Donald Trump out the window, and I'm going to be as unbiased as, no, no, I'm going to be as fair as possible right now. So let's look <laughs> at this. In a fair way, looking at how he has reacted to the virus itself, yes, he's been very reactional. 
I totally understand he made blockades to um, Asian countries. He's made blockades to a lot of the um, Eastern countries. You know, um, a lot of times he's made blockades to places like Italy and France as well, too, to um, kind of quarantine America, Um, even though that didn't work the best way as possible. You know, he still tried to, in the best way he can put it, quarantine America to save lives. Now, I understand that for the people that are going to be very reactional toward hearing this, that he didn't do anything, yada, yada, yada. I definitely understand that he was very reactional. But I will say the leadership that we have right now did not have any kind of preparatory plan whatsoever for any kind of pandemic at all. Whether it's this, whether it be another one, whether if it was freaking, I don't know, chicken pox that came out. There was no con- <laughs> there was no <laughs> contingency plan whatsoever for the United States to handle a national pandemic like we're going through right now. And that falls strictly upon him because our security, whether it's military, whether it's, you know, biological, that should be number one. Protect us. Protect our grounds. You're commander in chief of essentially the the greatest country in the world, as you like to put it all the time. So our protection should be the biggest thing. So I feel he failed right there, just not having that contingency plan and not admitting to it. There would be a more respect factor that I would give this man if at least he would have admitted that he wasn't prepared for this, but we're going to try to do this now. Not once has he said that. If anything, he's taken credit for other people's work. He's taking credit for scientists' work. He's taking credit for media work. He's taking credit. They try to buy... Uh, uh, work that they were doing on, you know, very important work on like a vaccine and 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 Corona studies from Germany. And Germany said, "Yeah, Fuck you." Yeah. There's been um false false information that he's provided, and I I get it. There's certain things I see that in his mind could be very very beneficial for the public. You know, um, in his mind, possibly coming on TV every single day or every other day to give a status update on the virus itself and our contingency plans. I, I get it. It's, it's something that you should do as a leader to show that, hey, we're on the case. But it kind of feels like he's stalling every single fucking um, announcement. And there's always pretty much the same goddamn thing. Like, we want to reopen. It's going to get better. We're going to hit our peak. And then someone has to correct them really quickly that, no, we're not getting better. The numbers are true. People are dying. And this is a pandemic. Stay home. And I feel like it's just been very – it's cat and mouse. It's like someone always correcting what he has to say every single day. And it's getting a little tiring. That's just from what I've seen this year. This year alone, and I'll just say that respectfully. Respectfully, what about you? <laughs> How much time do we have? No, um, here's here's I'm just immediately piggybacking off of that. Off off of that, it's gotten to the point so bad where you know, and I I want to say this is without uh, uh, what is what, what was yeah, the word no. that you used? Biasness. Um that certain um, news anchors and, and, and journalists have been calling for their networks to stop broadcasting their um, the, the White House mm-hmm. uh, Corona response updates 
because one, they they are spreading a lot. Them, as in he, is spreading a lot of misinformation, especially in in direct contrast to what the media is reporting. The media is trying to report this, but he's like, oh no, 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 I know everything because I know, you know. Um, not only that, he's he's falsely falsely accusing people, the wrong people for the wrong things trying to put blame on everything and it's just becoming dangerous and so the fact that news journalists are asking their networks not to broadcast this thing is a very 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 powerful move and a very powerful statement it is and i don't think that people are really understanding that like that's a huge thing like this is our president and you're asking your network not to broadcast what this guy is saying because it's dangerous um it's it's mind-boggling you know but that's that's trying to not to go too off into my own emotions, but yes, he did all these things. He, you know, put a ban on Chinese travel, but when did he do it? He did it far too late after people that are part of his administration and his, and his government were, had been constantly being informed on this virus at very early stages which, you know, people don't realize that or recognize that because they don't hear it or they either don't listen to it. But he he and his people were blatantly just refusing to listen to that. They didn't want to hear it. They kept thinking, oh, it's going to be fine. We got this. It's not going to reach American soil. Um, there's it, It's just the lack of preparation. Can I, can I ask you this? Is just, Why the adulation? Why does he need to take credit for things. And I say this because I'm a New Yorker. Donald Trump has put his fucking footprint on New York. So I've seen him in different areas, whether it's professional wrestling, whether it's um, movies, business, you know, TV, you name it, he's probably been in it. And not once have I ever seen, you know, we all knew that he was a shady individual, but not once have I seen him always be, it's about me, 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 me. I've done this. It's the best thing in the world. This plan is the best because no one else has come up with it besides me. And you know what? I'm even impressed myself that I even came up with it. Like, like I don't get why he has to look at the benefits of what he's doing every single day and take that, take those notes, take that accountability that he's saving the world. Essentially. I don't get that. Like I, I, I look at it like a, like a mental disorder. No, I, I really do. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. I think it's a total miss. I mean, a uh, mental disorder, but I think one of the main reasons is because he won, he won the election, bro. Like it's, it's still, crazy to fathom that fact that that he won the election and that had to be probably the biggest feeding to his ego because nobody nobody predicted him to win nobody saw that he was going to win but when he after that win and with all the rallies that you know since 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 when he just when he ran for office all the way up until now his base only got bigger and grew and grew and grew. So he, so did, and if you notice throughout his administration, anytime a story broke out, whether it was, you know, on the Russian investigation or just something that he did or said, he always immediately went to a rally. Why? Because he has to hear his name. He has to be surrounded by that glory and, and, and surrounded by that fame that he built around his people. And they, 
like that. They yeah, they I'll light say, that shit up. Man. I'll say this though. So that, I am very interested in seeing all these updates, coronavirus task force updates. Not for what he says, but the after effect when the media starts talking. Because that's where I get to sink my teeth and look at how disrespectful he can be to a human being. And I say that with utmost Mm -hmm. respect for anybody right there if you're a Trump supporter, rock and roll. But there comes a time and place where you as a leader should talk to anybody with the utmost respect. And you have reporters just asking a simple question. He tells them to shut up, go away, get out of here. You're fake. Get Someone get this person off my, you know... You know, my, my set basically, you know, it, the repulsiveness that this guy spews out of his mouth is just, it, it, it's, it, 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 it's, it's, it's not fit for it, it, an it American really president. And I, I no. just don't know why people support that kind of action. And it makes me feel that. Because it's the same people. It's very the people who support it are exactly the same as 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 you know. These are the people that go to Olive Garden and specifically ask not to be yeah. served by a black waitress. And what is and what happens? They get what they they get what yeah. what they ask for. Like this 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 person has brought out people who only did this shit in the shadows. You know what I mean? Who only yelled this stuff at their TV? You know, in the confines of their own home. Now they're out more than ever spewing this shit blatantly why because they're and, president and I, one i have conversations it's like i had conversations today with many people about um just how he is as a person and i say let's take politics aside and you know because people always like to say well obama did nothing so that's why trump is, is the way he is I'm like okay well let's let's look at it this way uh, mm, i will take yeah. everything away from obama when it comes to policies and politics okay but when i look at him as a leader i can listen to Barack Obama. I can understand fully what he says. He can fully articulate everything he says and convey some kind of emotion. Um, another thing, too, is that he has a pulse. I'm sorry to say that. When something happens, when anything had happened, any kind of tragedy that happened in America, he was the first person to visit that said site. Um, I reference Sandy Hook a lot as well, too, with that tragedy. He's a person that goes there and places his prayers and respects because he actually means it. Not once has Donald Trump at all showed any sort of emotion or care or sympathy toward any group of people whatsoever, like very fine people, excellent people. But there's never been any emotion that comes out of him because I don't believe he has that. No. He, this this is someone yeah. who's incapable of empathy. Um, you know, uh, I'm sorry, you know, it, but putting my full, um, I, I think the Obama family, that whole family was probably one of the classiest, classiest people that we've ever had in the White House. I mean, Michelle herself is one of the most highly intelligent, educated individuals who, just like her husband, so articulate. And, and, and as a first lady, I mean, she was out there just as much as he was, you know what I mean? Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of first ladies, you know, not just her, but there's been a lot of first ladies who, you know, whether you agreed with their politics or not, I mean, they were out there doing something, you know, they're trying to get involved. Um, this be best campaign, <laughs> it sounds like something that he would have written because it, it, it went, it, but at the same time though, like what he does, it's, 
Like, I almost like to say that this guy has no fucking brains, but at the same time, it almost seems like he does because if you listen to the words that he repeats, yeah, which he does a lot, they're very, very, very good. Uh, it's, it's very good, you know, um, billions and billions and billions, you know, he, the, the words that he repeats, you know, are very specific words. Um, but I also think he just doesn't have a very large vocabulary at his disposal anyway. But, um, well, the, 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 the like, biggest thing you? I got to say <laughs> is good. that the difference between that one, and hell, I'll even say this to the difference between George W. Bush as well, too. Uh, George W. Bush wasn't a reactional president. Barack Obama wasn't a reactional president. You know, Barack Obama, the first four years of his term, got met with lynching mannequins everywhere he went. He got... yes. People pretend like that never happened. Oh, you're berating our president. Bro, do you not see, especially these southern states that these very Christian motivated states, do do you not see how they treated this man? You know, death threats and things of that nature. Death threats against his family in that nature. And this man never once was emotional in front of the American people. If anything, he had a smile and went forward and still brought people together, whether it's everybody. I can't say he brought everybody together, but I could definitely say that he brought a lot of minorities together, saying that we need to rise. We need to not be put down. Yes, he advocated for police, you know, for a stop of police brutality. You know, he he advocated for gun control, things that people just didn't like. I totally understand that offended you guys. But the same token, when in stance happened, when somebody got murdered, when something happened that was truly unjust in America, he owned up to it. He said, listen, things didn't go exactly as planned, but we're going to get through this. Not once has our president done that. And then I could take politics out the way or approval ratings and all this shit out the way. But at the end of the day, when it comes to leaders, even George W. Bush, for as stupid as he was, and a lot of times there's a million memes I could go back to 2004, 2005 and find some hilarious George Bush material at least he seemed like he cared. Like, you could drink a beer with George Bush and be like, you know what? You seem okay. You're fucking ridiculous, but you seem like you're okay. I can't say that about Donald Trump. I, I, it's hard to, to look at this man as a leader, but it's not just him as well, too. You look at his old cabinet. You look at the people that surround him. You look at the yes men that are around him. Not once is there anybody besides Fossey. Mm-hmm. And I have my reservations with Fossey as well, too. But there's not one person besides Fossey that shuts him up and says, hey, that's not really what's happening. Yep. Few that I have so, are gone. And why do you think that? Like, is it really because... Is it an ego trip? Is it to shut people up? Is it like that that impeccable America defense that we can't show a chink in our armor? Like, what is it? Um, it's it's that it's it's an ego thing. But again, I also think it's something that we're not really seeing, and it's. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's your boy Val Cisco dropping some knowledge about Anchor, guys. Have you ever wanted to record your own podcast? Don't you want millions and millions of people to listen to what you have to say, whether it's about Zeus, whether it's about sports, whether it's about everything that's going on in the world of quarantine? Guys, what are you waiting for? Download Anchor. Anchor basically is a one-stop shop for all your podcast needs. It has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Number two, it's free. Guys, it's free. 
There's not a lot of freebies out there, so grab this. And of course, Anchor will distribute your podcast so you can be heard from different places like Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and many, many, many more. You can make money off your podcast too with minimum listenership. So right there, guys, like, listen, this is a no-brainer. Download Anchor. It's pretty fantastic. I love it. Hell, thank you, Anchor, for giving me the platform to speak about all the random things that I do. Uh, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So please, once again, download Anchor. You can download it off the Apple Play Store, the, the Google Store. I don't know if you guys have Blackberries out there still. Uh, whatever is out there, download it. It's freaking phenomenal. You guys won't regret it. Take care. Ciao. everyone else that's there that's that he's surrounding himself with you know like what are those people saying what are those people doing because you have someone um like steven uh was it steven miller um very very dangerous man very dangerous man um someone who is very like so far um anti-jewish you know um very uh, i don't want to say nazi uh sympathizer but uh, nationalist yeah. very much for like white supremacy nationalists um you know think about like those kind of people that look are at, there so look at um, mike you're pence. not just dealing mike with is trump motherfucker as well too you know supporting geek um oh, mike, it, geek version? very dangerous yes yes um it's you know it's not just Donald Trump because I think everybody at, at that point knows that Donald Trump is someone that doesn't really have much of a brain. Um, but it's everyone who does have a brain and everyone like Mike Pence is an actual politician. Donald Trump is. Um, but I mean that, I think that that's why it is. And so people, I think there are very few people, you know, um, not all of them having, you know, merits at all, but I think they got out at the right time or they realized like, I cannot be part of this or I shouldn't because uh, I think that's where it's going to come up to us. Like how, like come election day, like what are people going to realize? What does it take for people going to realize like the GOP right now, you know, not to attack the conservative side, but I mean like the GOP is in such chaos right now. Like people think that the Democratic Party is a chaos, but it's got its own problems. You know what I mean? But it's got a goal. And like right now, like the GOP has like completely drunk in the Kool-Aid. And I don't get um, why. Is it money? Is that, that what it is? Do we, do we just. Yeah, it's because look, look at everything that they've passed. This guy has signed more. Um, what is that? Uh, bills? Uh, I'm blanking out on my words right now. No, not, not the bills, but the. Um, like the uh, uh, oh, I just <laughs> I just had it on my tongue. Um, I'll say it when it comes back to me. Um, but he has signed more. Uh, I got you. Uh, I can't believe what I'm now. Yeah. Um, declaration. Legislations. They are. God damn it. No. Okay. No. Um, Stuff, something that he always blamed Obama for. I, I, it's in, that's at right. the tip of my tongue, but I just don't remember the word. Um, but he has signed more of those than any, uh, to my knowledge. Again, correct me where I'm wrong, but to my knowledge, he has signed more of those um, executive. Uh, oh, damn it! Just uh, executive it. orders. Uh, um, yes, than any other president. 
when when he said he wasn't, and he always bashed Obama for that, saying that, oh, look at this uh, uh, authoritarian, you know. Um, they're, they, all of them, the GOP, like, they're getting what they want right now from this president because they're passing so much shit that it's benefiting people with money, benefiting big businesses, benefiting people. Like, look at all the stocks that were being pulled out by these people in this administration who own stocks. Like, once COVID started coming out, and like it was really starting to hit America, these people pulled out all these stocks. Why? Because they had insider information and absolutely nothing oh, yeah, is being done to them. them. Seriously. Once that magical little pill comes out that's going to take yeah. away COVID-19, Big Pharma is going to fucking rack into deal right there. And that's just a sickening way of capitalism, in my opinion. Um, just just to get back on track with just how Trump and administration have taken care or taken precaution or taken heed of the coronavirus. First things first, coming back in January, going into February, he said it was a hoax. Okay, going into late February, mm-hmm. going into March, we declare it's a pandemic and we are in a state of emergency or nation of emergency. Oh, all right, from someone who is very reactional at that point to change his mind, at least when he did change his mind, did he take take up the task to try to help the American people? And why do you say that? No. Because I think when he did, I think it was because he was forced to. Um, Again, because it's election year and like he was able to slip away from everything else throughout this entire presidency. Everything else. He was able to slip out the back door. But this was something that he was obviously making the wrong moves are. And there's somebody that was in a bad choice of words, smart enough to tell him, no, they can't do this. But also he's a businessman. Him and his family have businesses, businesses that are being affected by this. And I think that it wasn't until that point when these businesses were affected that he realized, shit, I got to protect my investments. Okay. So investments aside, aside, you look at the American people his people that that he directly communicates to because it really isn't us you know i don't go on twitter and follow donald trump for all the bullshit he says on that shit um but to the people that he communicates to um i feel that the message still isn't clear when it comes to like assurance and empathy and what's going on i feel like it's, if anything it's more muddy like well, a lot of times since day one since these task updates been happening you know he gives out numbers and they're increasing numbers and facts and symptoms and what to do and what not to do and then the next day he completely changes it he's like oh you know what even though this is all bad, we're going to be open by Easter. We're going to make sure everybody's back in work by Easter. And, of course, that didn't happen. And, of course, when someone calls him out on that one, you know, he, he backtracks and, you know, he's very reactional, very emotional. He is a very much a kid. No, no, it's, hmm, it's not even just so much reaction. No, he's being methodical. I'm telling you, he's not as tough as he's playing. When he was when he was talking about opening up on Easter, remember exactly how he said it. It's like it's going to be the most beautiful time to open back up the country. Why? Because he was reaching out to his fan base because his fan base, you know, they see him as uh, as someone yeah. sent by God. He look at the exact wording that he was using. He was using very biblical, very um, emotional, and um, um, uh, yeah, religious, you know, things of that nature. Very spiritual. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then 
Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, just again, it's all methodical. <laughs> He's everything that he does is to that base. And I guarantee you, his base does not remember things that he even says. So, that's why he can easily change it because the only people that matter to him right now are his base. And he knows that they're either not going to pay, they're paying attention to him to, to a point where they're not going to hold him accountable to the things that he says. And like recently, like right now, like the news is that, oh, he's stopping all immigration. Why? Because that's the thing that his people want to hear. Immigration has nothing to do with this. In fact, like immigrants are in danger and probably not wanting to cross into America because we have the highest count right now. So people don't want to come here. And he knows that. They know that people want to come here. People are not trying to immigrate here. But he's using that. To, again, to rally his base and look what I'm doing. Now he's trying to do things because he can, because right now the thing that it's on everybody's mind is Corona and fighting Corona. So honestly, he can start trying to pass whatever the fuck he wants to. And here's the thing that, that kills the excuse when it comes out to like the most cases in history right now when it comes to a virus. He uses that as like a launching pad itself. Mm-hmm. He was like, well, we have the most cases because we have the most tests. Great fucking asshole. Like, all right, what are we going to do about that now? Great. We have confirmed there are people now dying. I, I, I totally understand that, and I, I get it, yes. But what are we doing? What's next? And in every – because I've seen at least most of these task force hearings, there has never been an update on how we are specifically going to battle this. It's usually – Listen to your governors, listen to your state officials, listen to what they're saying. If they say it's good, you're good. But he has not taken any accountability into his words whatsoever. And when someone brings it up, he fucking disparages them. And I just don't get that. Or or they change it. Because remember what the um, federal stockpile of medical yep. supplies, PBE, that they had, uh, which was meant to be used for states in need – the who was it was it wasn't Kushner and I think it was Kushner that said that no actually you guys are misinterpreting it um you know this is for a national stockpile so this is government's property we are under no um orders or, or obligation to share this with the states and then when people were pointing out um actually yes it says right here yep. they changed the wording that's what this administration does yeah, that's what this I president just, does it would I would I, I would have more respect for him if he came out and says, I messed up or this is something on me right here. It, I would. No, um, I would. I would <laughs> have is... more respect for him if he was honest. Hmm. No, but what I'm saying that that would never like I'm, I'm not a person to say never say never. I don't believe in impossibilities. But that right there is a huge impossibility. I don't think he will ever, 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 ever take back anything that he says. And never. you know what? The cabinet, you know, the government itself is not all the blame because I also put a lot of blame on mainstream media. Um, do you have any thoughts on how mainstream media has covered the coronavirus? Um, yes and no. It depends on the networks, honestly, because there are a lot of individual uh, journalists and news anchors that I hold with the highest respect and uh, and and those are the people that I trust. You know what I mean? Uh, like people, like yes, I like the biggest news channel that I watch is Vice News and MSNBC. Um, and like Vice News and or like Vice itself in Viceland um, is probably like one of the most mm-hmm. liberal channels on TV. <laughs> um, no shame. 
but like a lot of those journalists that I watch, I mean, those are people that, you know, that you can see the integrity in what they report and how they report it, you know, and of course a lot of them are younger, um, but you know, they're, they're on the front lines constantly and they know the right people to talk to because they, you know, um, on, on both sides of everything. Um, again, I think it, I don't really think it's just like media or like a specific channel, unless it's Fox News, because when it comes to Fox News, I'm sorry, but I think everyone could collectively agree that it's just pumping yep. out bullshit. Like, I think everyone knows. And I'm sorry, but those people are, I've also drank the Kool-Aid and you're not going to get any vital information from there whatsoever. It's all going to be purely opinionated. Um, but I think we need to stop looking at whole networks and, and, and holding them accountable. No, you gotta, you got you have to look for the right, you know, for the specific journalists. And, and those are the people that are really, but how hard you know, is that the, these days when you're looking right. for the right source of information, just like it, you it said, is. It's when very, you're looking at mainstream media, is. when you're looking at your own personal computer to look up correct information, you can get easily sidetracked. You can easily, um, get into an article talking about how a, a chicken Wuhan ate a bat and this is why we have coronavirus. We can easily get uh, wrapped up into conspiracy theories. We can really uh, easily um, get down the rabbit hole that you know numbers are fluctuating what's real and what's not real and you can go down that rabbit hole so uh, how how would how could you explain to a person in, in a streamlined way in a simplified way of where to go for your information? Honestly, I would I would just start with the basics. Go with the the like when if you're reading the you're reading a um, article or you know something that looks interesting, automatically look at the website or where it's from. I would always start with something from ABC, uh, not Fox News, but like Fox because I know there's like local Fox affiliates, um, ABC, NBC, CNN, MSNBC, you know. Those are trusted sources, obviously, you know what I mean? But then, you know, also, you know, major, major newspapers. Um, and uh, those are the ones that I, you know, go with, you know, if you see some other bullshit like um, Patriot Archives or um, shit, what's, what's the, <laughs> there's a, the Onion. God, if, if you're reading something from The Onion, reading a news article from a site called The Onion, Really, <laughs> come on. Um, but always start with that. Always start with the, the ones that you do know. And then from there, again, just start looking at, you know, you'll start noticing, you know, oh, look at how this guy writes. Look at how this guy, because I've, I've been reading from different um, New York Times, um, uh, Washington, uh, WAPO, <laughs> um, you know, LA Times. There's people who, when they write, you can tell they try to stay very center mm-hmm. while filling in facts. You know what I mean? And, and you can definitely see that in, in, you know, start following just that specific writer, that specific, you know, articles for that specific person. Um, that would, that would so really be how I would let's it. go into now the day and age for about what a month and a couple of weeks into quarantine as a nation, right? Uh, depending on what state you're in. Um, mm. It's just been announced that the president um, has set up a task force, a council to reopen America. Um, he's set on trying to open the United States government and uh, businesses around April 30th or forever state 
official governor that deems it worthy enough to open right now, they can do so. Um, how do you feel about this? Because the science that brought us here, the the task force results, everything that we have gathered, information, they have all said, they have all pointed to July and June being peak of where we're at with the coronavirus. Yet we're over here, not even hitting peak yet, and we're looking to already open up businesses. I personally, this is just my opinion on it, because I really feel like this is election year, like you said before, but he really hasn't been campaigning that much. But this is his campaign right now, right here of opening up jobs, making mm-hmm. America greater, greater, greater again by opening up all the fucking jobs and um, giving people their rights, essentially, quotation marks. Um this is his campaign speech. Do you see that as well, too? Yeah. No, it, 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 it kind of goes up to what I was saying earlier. It's like, if you look at the, the moves that he's making, especially right now, he's making moves that are going to appeal to his base because, again, it's getting to the end of his presidency. And now that everybody's focused on Corona, he can start making moves that, um, he couldn't make before because everyone's eyes are on Corona and, you know, how do we protect ourselves? Um, so he's going to start taking. Now, it, it's very much a Russian roulette when it comes to them, especially when it comes to um, election year, because let's say, yes, he opens up everything. Most states, let's say 50 percent of the United States has reopened up. And, and in the in those in that 50 percent, mm-hmm. we have. Uh, reverted back into symptoms again from all these states and we're going back again to self-isolation. Does that automatically hurt his chances on being elected again because he gave false promises? And does that also give more, I want to say, more problems, more responsibility, more more, um, accountability to the next president that would get elected? That's a hard one, only because it's gotten to the point where his supporters, both voters and mm-hmm. um, politicians, have blatantly called, said in statements that people are going to die, yes. and that's okay, and that people do need to die from this, die for this, die for the economy to thrive, die for our country to survive. And because they're, a, you know, willing to say that openly, it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't shake. So, like, if people started dying after opening up, uh, they're going to take it as well. Well, well and we've seen that today specifically, and like this weekend as well too, with all the protests. And you, as mm-hmm. an activist, I know this is a very familiar scene for you because you're seeing all these "quote unquote" activists go out there and protest about having their their own constitutional rights being taken away from them, having you know being they need to be liberated <laughs> from the coronavirus and the government officials. That if we know that there's a disease out there, we want to die in our own accord. So if if we want to take the responsibility to pass this virus around or if we want the responsibility to get infected it's their god-given right like what's going on with that right there as an activist like what's what's your mindset where's your mindset when it comes to this you know what's sad like you know what do you know what the first thing i noticed about those um patriot gatherings were not the fact that they weren't wearing masks 
Not the fact that they weren't standing six feet apart. Not that they were, you know, um, holding up very misspelled signs and the irony of like um, coronavirus is fake, yet you are there with like completely covered in a hazmat suit. It wasn't that. It was a fact that they were out there with automatic rifles and guns blazing. And my first thought was, why is that necessary? Like, like what you're there for to get businesses open, why do you need all these assault rifles there for? That that proved to me the illegitimacy of what they're standing there for. Like honestly. And I'm I, I want businesses open again. I do. A lot of my friends are out of work. A lot of people that I know and love are, you know, in, in, in very dark times, very, very, very dark times. I, when everything was normal, fell into that hole myself when things were normal. You know what I mean? And that was just dark on its own. So I can only imagine, I can only fathom what it feels like to be in that situation now. So I want things to open up, but we have to do our part. So being out there and in, in the way that they're out there and, and, and look at these people's signs. People are there so that they can get a haircut. They want to be able to go to restaurants and eat again. They want to be able to get their um, daily massages or, you know, whatever. These are what people are writing yeah, on these signs that they're out there. <laughs> yes. And again, and, and not to be that person, but they're very specific group of people. And I'm pretty sure you know who I'm talking about. Um, no, yeah, and I, I totally get that as well too. Like I, I, I'm looking at everything that's happening around you know the our, our country itself, and then just looking at the world and how the world's taking care of itself. So look, look at India and how they're taking care of each other when it comes to quarantine. You look at you know England how they're taking precautions. You look at New Zealand and whatnot. Zealand. You know, and Italy, the place where was ranked the highest when it came to infections and how they're taking their precautions now, you know, and how they have slowly went down the ranks compared to us. Like it's just, and then you look, go ahead, go ahead. Look at New Zealand. And sorry, just want to throw in these numbers here Um, because I saw something that was kind of putting, putting the spotlight on what they had been doing. You know, yes, you can argue that, you know, they're a small island. They have nowhere near the population of America. But again, this is the point proven that these people didn't take this threat lightly. So far, they've had 13 deaths. 13 deaths. 1,107 confirmed cases. 1,006 people recovered. And that's amazing. And yes, you could argue that, yes, it is a smaller country. Totally understand that, but it's the precautions you're taking right there. And you look at the environment that we're at right now. First, you know, the laughable and the audacity of going to a Capitol building when it's closed on a Sunday. That was just hilarious. Um, but then to actually go on a Monday now and trying to revolt and protest that America needs to be liberated. And I look at that and I felt very strong about that statement right there because I'm looking at this. I'm like, what are we being liberated from? Like, do we have – that's what like, I, I was are we just under this say mass that. tyranny, kind of with Trump. If you want to use look at that in in, in a, but at the end of the day, what what rights are being taken away from you as you speak in Arizona, specifically the state that we live in right now? There are no specific rights that are being taken away from any fucking person out there. People can still go outside, go get something to eat, come back, 
and deal with their life. Okay, no one's taking any fucking precautions like that to, to say yeah. you're specifically in a jail cell. And to have people come out there and say that, oh, my rights are being taken away because I can't go to a salon or I can't get my nails done or I can't get a haircut. My son is suffering because his hair is getting long. Fuck you. Because there's actually people there that are dying right now. They're literally on hospital beds. There's nurses out there doing protests against these people right there. Just that hit me hard. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I'm glad that you pointed it out because the, like, the images that have come out of this entire administration of the counter protest, uh, you know, um, from, from everything that has been done, but like the, the image of the nurses, the doctors, you know, just the people in the scrubs standing. And these people, these protesters are in their face, basically belittling the people who are on the front lines, like not the front lines answering phones for tech companies, not the people who are on the front lines, you know, preparing food for people. No, the people that are on the front lines saving people's lives and trying to fight off this virus. Belittling, being yelled at. I mean, there's iconic images so far that I'll say this, and people probably get pissed off. Oh, Val, you're exaggerating. And it could be an exaggeration at some points, but you remember those old um, communists, those old Soviet Union posters where you got to see... um, Not even Soviet Union. Look at um, Korea. And you had that one image of of that, um, that child standing in front of a tank. While the tank's actually coming, you know, they kind of mm-hmm. symbolize what we're dealing with right now as a nurse, someone who's, you know, I wouldn't say innocent, but your caretaker, you know, that, that figure that's supposed to, that you lean off for support, battling against someone with the American flag on their shirt, which, by the way, for fucking people that are patriotic, it is un- unconstitutional to wear any kind of fucking representation of the flag on your body. Um, Oh, I saw several Trump printed in red, uh, yeah. red, white, and blue yeah. on the American you're def- flag. You're desecrating the flag right there, people. So how fucking patriotic are you? You're wearing face masks with the fucking American flag. So you're essentially coughing on the American flag. Fuck off, then, if you want to really get into things like that. But just looking at that, looking at people that actually want to take care of you, caretakers, body, bo- uh, people that heal the body, you know, uh, shamans of the day are peacefully protesting saying just get out of the way let us take care of you we are here to take care of you and you're getting a bunch of soccer moms and karens pointing fingers saying i don't see any bodies coming out the hospital there's not enough people in the emergency room there's not enough people sick yeah you know telling them to go to china we need china to pay up pay up for what because i don't see america paying anything to japan for hiroshima Straight up, I don't see anything like that happening across the world of all the bad deeds that the United States has done. Yet, yet you look at this and you look at disease that's come out. And this kind of goes back to our first point right there, the racism, the, the bigotry, the, the, the prejudice that has come out, out of people's mouths to say, oh, you're Chinese, so you're the enemy. It came from over there, so they're the enemy. Um, they're trying to kill us. And it's just disgusting i think that's why i felt so emotional mm-hmm. today about it because i'm just disgusted of how we're treating yeah. ourselves as people as people like as brothers yeah. and sisters out there instead of the mass support that we should be feeling um the easiest fucking job in the world to stay home 
and relax and we'll beat this. You can't fucking do that. And it just, it blows my mind. Yep. One of my favorite, um, favorite things that I read was mm-hmm. a tweet from Patton Oswalt. Where, again, paraphrasing, but it was like, um, Anne Frank hid in what, a, a, an mm-hmm. attic for two years. And you can't even stay home where you get food delivery, internet, access to a billion things. And you're upset because yeah. you can't go to Fuddruckers. Yeah. Like All that. these people, <laughs> and I, I wrote this down to someone as well too, and I kind of shut them up as well too. Um, you know, these uh, evangelicals, these Christians, these you know, anybody fanatics, religious fanatics. Let's just say that right there, because um, I do feel like there's some good with faith. Um, it just depends on who's preaching it, um, but. For all these quote-unquote Christians out there that, you know, are out here saying, you know, God's going to take care of this and God's going to take care of that. If Jesus Almighty were to come right now in his sandals and his fucking white cloak, chilling out on the fucking step, he would get belittled for the way he looks and what he's saying as a crazy man. The American people would treat that man and lock him up in the same asylum. So the people that actually are using religion, were using names of their faiths to say that this is what we should be doing this is what should be following our same fucking people that will take anybody that's from muslim descent from from um middle east descent and just disparage them for how they look and, mm-hmm. and it's true it's true mm-hmm. because when you're looking at that when you're using religion as your core to define who you are and what you are and the actions that you do you are yourself and not an individual. You're part of that fucking flock. You're part of that sheep right there. Because if anything that I've learned over my, what, 32 yeah. years of living right now is that religion has done more harm to people. Not faith. Faith is different. Religion has done more harm to people. It has done more harm to human society mm-hmm. than anything else has ever done. More than forest fires, more than natural disasters, more than fucking extinction. Religion has hurt more people in this world than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. And the one that I put on the top of that list yeah. um, is Christianity. Because it's, it's evil in its own different way, where you know, I understand that there's a lot of religions that you know deal with death, but in the way that Christianity here, just you know, American Christianity that just tortures individuals. It it, it's it is sickening. You know, uh, yeah. Conversion therapy is hugely supported by religious groups. And it's just a... Well, mm. we're here right anyway. now. And where I know we're doing our part right now to, you know, self-quarantine. Man, I haven't seen you since how long? And uh, I feel very good that we're taking the the precautions needed to make sure that our families are safe you know i see my girlfriend i see their kids i see their family once in a while i'll see my dad here and there because i know that we're all self-quarantine in our own way but i'm not going out there as much as it pain me to look at all these activists out there and i want to there were two nurses that really caught me today that were there just to stand there and just give more information and how they were being belittled. It made me want to drive in my car and go straight down there with all these people and just stand up next to them. And I felt like this is what they want to do. 
they want people to come out. They want people to react. They want people to march and have that quote-unquote war in a way and prove them right. And the best thing we could do, honestly, mm-hmm. right now is prove them wrong. Stay vigilant. Stay inside and do your part. And the biggest advice that I have for anyone, um, I know it's going to be exciting to, um, you know, when quarantines are finally lifted, but it, it doesn't mean that on that day that the coronavirus is just going to go away. Mm-hmm. Suddenly it doesn't exist anymore. Everyone's just going to like immediately flock to large gatherings. Like you still have to be careful because there's a lot of reports of people who have recovered are getting the second mm-hmm. wave of sicknesses. So that's something that we have to pay attention to too. Again, just because the quarantines will be lifted doesn't mean that it's just magically done. You know, really- and the very important thing to look at too is look at the states that have opened. Look at Florida, for example. Florida, to me, over the last month has been the most shady <laughs> shady, I want to say, form of government I've ever seen in my life because of the fact that they have made certain sports or certain, I want to say, entertainment companies essential places to work, such as the WWE and the UFC and certain world-class boxing events uh, to allow them to run um, these Exactly. One of those things too. And then they're the first state to actually open up their beaches. I saw somebody on Facebook Live, a good friend of mine, I won't say his name, just walking along the beach, very much a Trump supporter, but walking along the beach, you know, showing that he has support for his president. And he wants to go along the beach and go take a swim and, you know, thank the lifeguards for being there to protect him while he's swimming. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing right now? Like, I love you to death, but what the fuck are you doing? At the end of the day, yes, I, I totally understand. Beaches are open, but you're making a statement that you can go to the beach instead of wanting to go to the beach. And that's what these protesters are doing, which gets me fucking pissed off. It's the fact that they ha- they want the luxury to do it. It's not about the need. It's the luxury to do it. No, it's, you know, but that, that goes for the same thing here, even in, in Arizona, where the thing is placed. Like, I'm sorry, but like all these people who, who, who have to absolutely work out, you know, like they're still doing it. Like the, like the fact that, you know, you go to, you know, your, your trail that you want to walk today, mm-hmm. or, you know, the mountain that you want to climb and you see packed because our parks were overcrowded, mm-hmm. overcrowded. We can't. People can't hold back on, you know, just working out at home, doing some lightweight, or, you know, just doing something. No, they still have to go out. You go to a place and you see it packed with dozens of other people who are also like, and you decide that, oh, well, I'm here. I'm just going to go ahead and continue my day. Exactly. Like, no. Like, stupid. Just because you have to go on your daily hike. Like, I'm sorry. Like, good for you. Your health is important to you find different alternatives where it's avoiding this mass group of people who I'm sorry like these meatheads that just can't stop for it's, one day. It's a drug. It's almost like and, it's an addiction to to have what we have. And um I personally have have looked at myself and I said, okay do I need a lot of these things that these people are complaining about? Do I need to go to the movies? Do I need to get, you know, go out there and party and drink all the time? Do I need to do X, Y, and Z? And honestly, I don't. This is something that really has opened my eyes on what I value as a person. I value my friends. I value my family, my loved ones, my daughters, my, you know, the kids that I have, you know, the girlfriend that I have, you, everybody, what I do for a podcast, you know, the work that I have as well too. Like the things that I value right now mean more important than 
than going out there and having a good time or the ability to have a good time. It, it, it hurts to see that, that, that people out there right now are just using this information to hurt people. They're using this information to, to disparage people and to belittle people for whatsoever. In, in, in no way or no how that I thought from going into February to right now in April that I would see someone yell at a nurse yell and disparage a nurse for being at a rally like forget just COVID in general there's certain standards of respect that you should have and the fact that you're just in your own fucking head think that you're superior because you think that you have all the information needed or you think you have a higher power that protects you guaranteed if that higher power does exist you're being judged when you get there that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> Did you want to speak on anything else toward COVID-19 or how we're dealing with this as a country? Um, I just think we need to get, we need to be smart. Um, you know, uh, these, these, uh, I think we need to make better decisions. Like you said, I think, um, you know, take this time to meditate on a lot of things that you did, you know, and really mm-hmm. reflect on how you handled this. Um, yeah, I love my friends to death, but like at one point we had gotten to kind of like a big, huge, like heated thing when it came mm-hmm. to like social distancing and stuff like that. Um, you know, but like that's how, that's how, like, that's how rough things got for, you know, in quarantine at one point, you know, everyone's just kind of going mad. But uh, what I would just tell everyone is really be smart about this and like really, really, really be smart about this because just because you didn't catch it doesn't mean that you can't catch it. Um, and, you know, if it's, if it has to take for either you to get it or someone you'd love to get it for you to realize like how real this uh-huh. thing is, then that's really sad. And when it does happen, you're going to be devastated. And I don't, and I hope at that point that you realize like, oh, hindsight's 2020, you know, but um, again, my biggest ad- advice is when everything is lifted, still take it lightly, tread very lightly. doesn't mean it's just going to magically go away. What you're saying right there for the states that have opened up already, please take precaution out there for the people down in Florida, the states that are opening up already. I understand things are at your beck and call. There's a fucking Outback State Cows that's waiting for you to come in. There's, you know, a salon that's waiting to do your nails. There's a barbershop waiting to do a haircut. But you also got to think about those people that have opened up. They're probably frightened as well, too. The necessity for small businesses is there. But the fear is still there that they can't get infected. The fear was there two months ago. The fear hasn't gone away, so respect that person. You know, grocery workers, respect the fact that they have gloves on still and still working. I don't give a fuck if the president says everything is A-OK. I don't give a fuck if Fawcy says everything is A-OK. If someone's talking to you with a pair of gloves on and a mask and you will feel offended, get your ass to a Safeway. Get your ass to, I don't know, a stop and shop somewhere else different that you want to go to, an Aldi or some shit like that, and go take your bills elsewhere. Grow your own fucking crops. Go fucking tackle down a cow yourself you know if you feel offended because i feel like that's going to be the next wave of of craziness <laughs> just the the outcry of people still wearing gloves and masks yeah. and things of that nature and the the, the karens and the Sues of the world want to speak to a manager because they wouldn't take the glove off you know it's amazing that you know what i learned in mainly in japan when when people wear masks in japan 
um, they're not doing it necessarily mm-hmm. for themselves, but out of respect for everyone around them. Like if they have like a little crow or they know they're sick, they wear the mask right. because, you know, they don't want to get anyone else sick. So, you know, it kind of helps, you know, prevent that. They do that out of respect to yeah, everyone else around well, them. Too. I think um, if anything, the American people, <laughs> um, they need to go to like some kind of manner class, some kind of respect class, something like that. They need to... <laughs> they need to like do something. They need to go to a. They need a vote. Watch Miss Congeniality. They need a vote from fucking Sandra Bullock. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, they, they need a vote. No, but seriously, come come election time, we need a vote. Uh, I, I, there would still be infections. There would still be a lot of things. But what I I think most experts will say is that things would be a lot different if we had different leadership here. Um, and I don't think that we and can. And for the people take that, that are on the fence on voting or just on the fence on voting for Biden, okay, okay, but but there are people, and I totally understand that as well too. But here's the thing: I know, I know. You already have went if you have your reservations on the president's self himself or where to do, and just feel like you're just going to be out of it and not do it this year. Just think again and just say, hey, listen, the last four years, they could have been better. Let's give somebody a different shot to see if they could take care of this in a different way. I think if you have that mentality to say, you know what, I may not 100% trust this person because they're new to me, but I want to see what education they can provide me to be a better country. If you look at that and just say, fuck red, fuck blue fuck whatever, elephants and donkeys, and just say, you know what, I just want a different try. I want a new subscription to a different streaming service. Do it. Okay. <laughs> Look. <laughs> there you go. Right there. I, there you I go. That's probably Disney Plus because Hulu's not doing it for me anymore. Okay. Well, Biden's your, your, your Disney Plus. I'm not too sure who's, who's voting um, um, independent right now. Who's, 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 who's the independent elective right now? But. Please don't. Just please don't. Just please don't vote it. This is not the time but for that. Go this out is not there the time and for just, pride. I'm sorry, but it's use your voice. It does matter. It, it matters a hundred thousand percent. It doesn't matter if anybody tells you it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if uh, the, the boomers tell you that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you have supremacists out there that threaten you and say, Yeah, oh not to go back to it, but I remember looking at this protest again. I'm looking at this nurse. And she's just there standing. You have somebody with an AK-47 literally in their hand, and they're saying you shouldn't be here because you're mm-hmm. going to get arrested for being here. We're not going to get arrested, but you're going to get arrested. Yeah, no, they don't. I can attest to that because during the protest, all the people um, that were standing there with their AK-47s in support of Trump, no, the police didn't bother them one bit. But the protesters with the signs... Oh, yeah, it's, no, they were pu- public enemy number one. It is devastating. I know. It is very sad. It is and, devastating. Uh, it's sad. One thing that I can say is just, you know, stay strong. Stay strong out because there. Stay true. strong. Um, and keep yep. keep that faith. Keep that faith and make sure that you are you know that you're doing the right thing when it comes to things like this. And um, Jake? No, no, no. Stay right. up go, to date go. with uh, – go ahead. I was going to say, stay up to date with um, accurate information, very trustworthy sites. Um, you know, in this time, I would say, you know, if you have money to spend and support your local businesses, but at the same time, don't feel bad if you go to somewhere like, you know, PDs, whatever, because yeah. um, those people are working too. You know, those people need a job. And, you know, it sucks that they're there. Um, it really does. You know, I know a lot of them don't want to be there, 
Um, but if you absolutely have to go out to eat, don't feel bad if you're not supporting, you know, say if you just need something, you know, one dollar quick. You're those helping those people right there. You're and, helping, you know, um, you're helping keep it um, small businesses because, you know, Uber, Lyft and all those places are small businesses as well, too. You know, they're getting bigger, but, you know, they're essentially mom and pop shop businesses that started from the bottom. Support them if you really need to get things out there. You know, look at. Look at yourself when you say that you need to be liberated. Look at yourself when you say that you need rights, that there's rights that are being taken away from you. Look at yourself and just question, like, is this really that serious where I need to go out there, take my children, and put them in danger? Because at the end of the day, yes, I understand it's your God-given right to do so, but is it right? Is it correct? Um, Jake, where can people find you if they want to talk more about politics or being an activist or just some general chat? Yeah, you can find me on Anxiety Live. Oh, excuse me. Oof. Anxiety and I on um, on Anchor, on Spotify, um, where most major podcasts are uh, broadcasted. Um, and then I would say follow me on Instagram, but I don't remember. Oh, it's X6VMPR6HRT6X. Um, yeah, it's one of those. <laughs> That's my Instagram tag. So find me. Um, I do a lot of pop culture and politics. Sweet, and, sweet, sweet. You, know, you guys a lot want of to find me. And, and you can find me on uh, well. Instagram at Val Cisco. You can find me on the Twitter at Uncandy underscore V. You can find Pop Culture Fanatics on every um, podcast outlet from iHeartRadio going down to Podbeam, going down to Apple Podcast and Spotify as well, too. Uh, you can also find me on other podcasts as well, too. I do join Jake on Anxiety and I half the time sometimes. Um, you can find um, Lag Switch Gaming with my boy Jay Rance. You can find me on um, The Kimura Chronicles, um, a podcast about strictly MMA and elite wrestling audio, which is also strictly about professional wrestling. So if you guys just want to get out there and dabble, if you like our kind of conversation, our swag, our humor sometimes, I know this is more serious. We do get funny, I assure you. Um, <laughs> um, please look us up, support, and um, <laughs> just enjoy the ride with us. I appreciate you for being here, Jake. We're all this together, guys. Take care. Yeah, thanks for having Hey guys, thanks again for joining me and Jake on this podcast. It really means a lot to me. Uh, it's the first time that I've done anything really political uh, on this podcast. So um, it's something new, something different, kind of different tone or whatnot. I just got to say, you know, the views and opinions that me or Jake have do not reflect the people that we hang out with, you know, the society that we live in, our jobs, our families, things of that nature. So... Um, before there's any craziness or anybody feels offended from what we're saying, these are our personal opinions. And the beauty about America is that just like an asshole, everybody has one. So hopefully you guys found it informative, fun, uh, somewhat intellectual. And um, I appreciate any of you who have made it this far and have invited me into your ear hole. So thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. Um, once again, Pop Culture Fanatics, you can find it on every other podcasting streaming device. It has a Facebook page as well, too. So um, shoot me a message if you want as well, too. Let me know how you guys are feeling. Um, and if you want to debate anything about um, what's going on in this COVID-19 universe, please shoot me that message. Anyway, guys, I'm out of here. Take care of yourselves and of others as well, too. Bye now. <laughs>